So I think we'll move on to you know, the kind of common differential diagnoses that you'd see for people with dysphagia. And then I think you're going to take us through a bit of management after that. Yeah, thank you, Michael. So in terms of differential diagnosis, as Michael alluded, there's quite a wide range of differential diagnosis. So just going to talk to the common ones where you often find and patient presenting dysphagia. So the first one would be esophagitis, commonly reflux esophagitis, often secondary to untreated or inadequately, inadequately treated reflux, gastroesophageal reflux disease. It can also be caused by alcohol and medications, as mentioned before, such as bisphosphonates. In terms of endoscopy, there's a Los Angeles classification where you have grade A being the mild form of esophagitis, all the way up to grade D, which is a severe form of reflux esophagitis. The treatment is quite straightforward. You treat them with high-dose PPI for about six to eight weeks. And a repeat gastroscopy is warranted in patients with grade C and grade D esophagitis to exclude any underlying neoplasia or Barrett's once the inflammation has healed. Next big cause of dysphagia is obviously malignancy, particularly sufficient malignancy. The management depending on the staging of the disease as patients would need MDT discussion. Like as Michael mentioned before, they would need cross-sectional imaging such as the chest pelvis or a diagnostic laparoscopy. But most importantly, we would also need to assess patient's fitness and wishes and to see if they are fit enough for further in, uh, surgery or invasive procedures. Other common causes are esophageal webs or scutsy rings, esophageal strictures. This can be treated with balloon dilatation or strictures where if there's a benign esophageal stricture, you can be treated with uh, an esophageal stent. Another Big condition uh, that often get missed is eosinophilic esophagitis. As you know, there's a recent VSG guideline with comprehensive investigation and management on this particular condition, usually linked to atopic conditions such as asthma and hay fever. Patients can present acutely as footballers obstruction, and we diagnose this in form of endoscopy where you could have microscopic finding, as Michael explained before, or you do, you take biopsies from both the lower and upper esophagus, looking for the eosinophil count, where if we have more than 15 eosinophils per horsepower field, is usually consistent with the diagnosis of eosinophilic esophagitis. Treatment-wise, you can use PPIs or inhaled steroids or orodispersible steroids as your first-line management. In certain groups of patients, such as young adults or pediatric, most often you can use enteral sort of elemental diet. And another big cause of dysphagia is achalasia, as mentioned above. It's a primary esophageal motility disorder. Basically means there's absence of peristalsis and inadequate relaxation of the lower esophageal spinster. It can be further divided into type 1, type 2, and type 3. Type 1 is also known as classic achalasia, where you have impaired lower esophageal spinster relaxation and absent peristalsis throughout the esophagus. Type 2 you have absent peristalsis, but you have intermittent periods of compartmentalized esophageal pressurization. Type 3, which is the severe form of echolasia, also known as plastic echolasia, where, uh, where in a mon on manometry you uh, ex exhibit spastic contractions in the distal esophagus. Echolasia can be diagnosed in both esophageal manometry, or they can have sort of classic appearance on barium swallow, such as bird beak appearance. Treatment of ecclesia wise can be further divided into 
medical treatment, surgical treatment, and endoscopy treatment. Medical treatment includes calcium channel blockers, which often have limited effect, but should be tried in patients who are not fit enough for endoscopic or surgical therapy. Endoscopy therapy-wise, you have a few options. You have Botox injection, balloon dilatation, or sort of more uh, advanced uh, endoscopy procedure, uh, which is known as POM, uh, short form, abbreviated for per oral endoscopic myotomy. And the last option is a surgical option where you have the laparoscopic hallux myotomy done by the upper GI surgeons. So those are sort of the common differential diagnosis to think of in patient presenting with dysphagia and its relevant investigations and management. Yeah, so I think that was a good a good summary. As we said before, it's not you know kind of exhaustive, is it? But the, but those are the kind of common causes for for dysphagia in, in people presenting with that. And um, a little bit about Shatsky rings is they're basically just a fibrous ring that can be found throughout the throughout the esophagus. And the useful thing with with Shatsky rings is that when you diagnose them, it's a visual diagnosis performed at MOGD, but you can also use the biopsy forceps to disrupt that fibrous ring and, re and re relieve their symptoms by taking lots of biopsies from the ring itself, which is good and kind of hopefully relieve symptoms. With kind of strictures you mentioned, Krithi, they, you know, the key with strictures is to work out if they are benign or malignant. If they're malignant, then obviously there's a different approach and a different management. But if they're benign, then as you kind of talked about, you can think about dilating them, which is, can be done with bougies or with balloon dye. And you can have repeated procedures if you need to, or you can think about stents or biodegradable stents for, for kind of treatment for that. And then EOE. So EOE is a kind of a relatively recent phenomena and has only been around as a diagnosis for 20 or 30 years and the diagnosis the you know prevalence of it is increasing year on year which may well be reflective of improved awareness of it but the the key thing as you say is you need to get you you know a lot of these present as food boluses so if you see a food bolus on acute take or in clinic or whatever then you need to make sure that they've had some biopsies done an in investigation for esophagitis treatment is slightly controversial the PPIs are not that effective compared to some of the other treatments. And there is a new-ish medication called Dravaza, which is a, an oral dispersed with budesonide, which is very effective and appears to be very safe. And certainly the, the push is towards is treating that. And then the other thing you know, interesting you mentioned was about a kind of dietary management of eosinophilicus ophagitis. And that's certainly in, in the guidelines for it. But I think you have to be quite selective about your patient choice for that because it essentially requires you to eliminate several foods in sequential steps and then repeat an OGD every eight to 12 weeks, which is quite, which you can be doing for up to a year and a half. So it's quite an undertaking, a very motivated patient and ideally some dietetic support to review that and support them with it. So, you know, it's, it's interesting. And then talking about kind of selective patients, going back on to what you said about achalasia, again, it's all about, as you said, all about patient selection. You know, you need to you need to think about who you're going to attempt endoscopic therapy for, who you're going to recommend for surgery and who is just not fit for either. And so you need to try on with those medical therapies. So that comes with MDT discussions and, and experience with, and, you know, open discussions with the patients about what they, what they would want and what they would prefer to have as their treatment modality. But no, otherwise I think you covered it very, very nicely on there. So then I think the last thing you were going to go over is just about kind of the management of, of dysphagia and kind of a kind of more broad strokes element, aren't you? And particularly about nutrition, because obviously we've talked about some of the specific treatments for some of those conditions already. Yeah, thank you, Michael. So yeah, so moving on to management of dysphagia, as Michael alluded, it's solely depend on the 
causative factor of dysphagia. We're just going to talk sort of a broad aspect of how to manage someone with dysphagia, especially on the diet and nutrition aspect. So it often involves a multidisciplinary approach where you involve your salt, salt and language, speech and language team, dietitians, your ENT colleagues, gastroenterologists, of course, and upper GI surgeons were indicated. It is vital to maintain appropriate calorie intake for patients presenting with dysphagia, and that's where input from dietitians and soul team is really important, especially in those with oropharyngeal dysphagia. Oral feeding is prefer preferable in this patient. However, alternative nutritional support in, in form of enteral feeding, uh, NJ, NJ, uh, and parenteral feeding should be considered in carefully selected cases. Modification of the consistency of food may be indicated for high esophageal dysphagia, where patients are presenting with signs of aspiration pneumonia or recurrent chest infection. So just to summarize the key to get involved, to involve a multidisciplinary team approach where you get the dietitian, all team involved early on as these patients are often cachectic, frail, and they will need good nutrition and dietetic input. Pharmacological intervention, as we covered before, is a wide range of pharmacological options for different forms of diseases. For example, in reflux diseases, you're going to be using PPI. In eosinophilic esophagitis, as Michael mentioned, you have oral dispersible steroids. So I don't think so we need to go through in detail as it really depends on the different causes of dysphagia. And endoscopic intervention, as Michael described, there are various forms of endoscopy options in terms of stents, dilat dilatations, and PEC options are there if patients who have complete uh, dysphagia with poor recovery from the dysphagia and PEC feeding would be appropriate in carefully selected cases. I think that sort of briefly summarizes the management of patients presenting dysphagia. Yeah, and I, th I think you've covered it kind of in very broad strokes. I mean, I think the key thing you've been talking about there is obviously dysphagia can be you know as severe enough to really limit your nutritional intake and that will obviously lead to deterioration in many many ways for lots of patients so so there are really you know if someone is really that sick with their symptoms that they can't tolerate oral intake then you really do need to get the mdt moving and think about how you're going to support them nutritionally whether it's through the you know modifying the intake as you're talking about with kind of thickened fluids or you know nutritional support or whether you're going to have to think about some kind of enteral nutritional support whether that be an ng and nj or for a longer term definitive solution you're talking of things like a peg and you know these are not straightforward decisions a lot of the time and they need do need a kind of a multidisciplinary team approach because you know in the same sense that you know you're not going to be able to put a peg in if there's a severe stricture from a malignancy for example so you have to at which point you have to be thinking about getting ir involved and thinking about doing a rig rather than a peg so these can these you know what may seem like a very simple presenting complaint can become quite complex quite early on and you need to be aware of that and and have a you know discussions with patients with the mdt about how you're going to manage that longer term and then you know and that's the key thing there and you need to get it done quickly because obviously if someone's not eating then they're going to get sick very very quickly and 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 then the other kind of therapies that you mentioned about the endoscopic treatment and the medical and surgical options are, are all there as well so Krithi, i think that was a very good run for of, of kind of you know of dysphagia how it presents what you need to look for and ask for and then the kind of basic investigations and then the interpretation of those investigations and how we management manage them and i think it's a, a very nice structured run through so yeah i think that was really good anything you want to mention or discuss further mm, no i don't think so michael
Thank Perfect. you. All right. Well, we'll sign off this knowledge video and we'll see you over for the economical scenarios. Brilliant.